0: I got a lot I want to talk about today. And no, PJ, it's not about Big Ten football or the Steagles. Thank sorry. God. I'm sorry. I <clears> throat> know, throat> you, I know Thank you'd goodness. appreciate an hour of that. Never. What's it looking like with the quarterback situation up there? How's Big Ben doing?
1: Oh, Big Ben. Does it matter?
0: What do you mean does it matter? You want Mason <laughs> Rudolph going back out there for you no, guys? No, of course not. I,
1: I don't know. I don't know. I I haven't got to that yet. That's like Saturday evening after Penn State does it's whatever they do. This week. Exciting matchup against Rutgers at noon. Oh, that's
0: a, that's those are good weeks, man. Yeah, you and I are they? Have, yeah, we no. You and I have a good week where it's just you don't have to worry. That's what we thought at noon against Illinois. I didn't think that. Okay. The fight the fighting in Brett Belamas will.
1: Yeah, they'll they'll do that to you. They'll they'll do that to you from time to time. That was a just a bad matchup, too. I mean, like, that was right when our starting defensive tackle was out, it, like, first ruled out with, with season-ending injury after that Iowa loss. Yeah, at old Sean Clifford, the most court, confident quarterback in the country.
0: The most confident quarterback in the yeah, country. Yeah, just
1: hobbling out there and holding his ribs after every time he tried to throw the football. But somehow still was left in the game for the whole time, so uh, I I don't know. It was an interesting so time. You got, you got, but we'll we'll see got, if we get. You passed. got
0: Rutgers coming up. <clears throat> Big old Rutgers. Greg Schiano, back up there. It's like a. It's like a time is a flat circle. Yep. Yeah, that's good. So that's I'm excited. Even, there you that's go. There's, your, there's your Big Ten talk for the day. Yeah, now, get I it wanted, out of the way, please. I wanted to bring something up because there's a certain player in college football right now that's having a pretty historic season, and I don't know that he's getting the recognition he deserves now. There's obviously been a ton of great players at this position. I want to go over an important stat from the past few years. Yards per play from a quarterback. Yeah. Cool. What does that mean? It means either throwing the football or running the football it doesn't just if you take the handoff and or if you take the snap and hand it off, this doesn't factor into it. It's yards per play. So either a throw and this factors in incompletions, either a throw or you scramble. Now, there's been Obviously some really good quarterbacks over the last five, six years in college football. Back in 2016, you had a guy named Baker Mayfield, right? 9.5 yards per play. Back in 2017, you had a guy named Baker Mayfield. 9.8 yards per play, Mackenzie Milton, pretty lit down at UCF. Mm -hmm. 9.2 yards per play. 2018, Kyler Murray, Heisman Trophy winner. 10.37 yards per play. Tua right behind him. 10.09 yards per play. 2019, Joe Burrow, eventual Heisman Trophy winner. Maybe the greatest season by a quarterback ever. 9.4 yards per play. 2020, Mac Jones, 10.3 yards per play. Elite, right? 2021, there's a fellow that has 10.10 yards per play. (laughs) Behind only Mac Jones. Right? And Kyler Murray. Can anyone here guess which quarterback that is in college football right now?
1: I'll let him. I only know because I saw it earlier.
0: Um, I guess Stetson Bennett. Stetson yeah. Bennett, the fourth.
1: Yeah.
2: Okay.
1: Mr. Mister, Mister, Is he going to start this weekend? Are they really going to start him this weekend? Yeah, the
0: ceiling's it? definitely higher with JT Dan- Yeah. Yeah. Should we? Uh, I don't know. 10.10 yeah. 10 yards per play. It's actually gone down a little bit. Uh, from the weeks prior. Obviously, the UAB game, mm-hmm. the first half, where we had five touchdowns, kind of skews it. But at the same time, every quarterback has one of those games every year where they put up absurd numbers against a lesser opponent. I mean, Bryce Young had a game last week against New Mexico State mm-hmm. yeah. where he threw for an exorbitant amount of yards and a bunch of touchdowns. So every quarterback is going to have the cupcake games. And UAB is actually not a bad team. Made him look like it. Uh, yeah, he sure did. And sure, were some of the wide receivers running wide open? But, I mean, <laughs> yeah. you've now had, I think, a big enough sample size of him as the starting quarterback. I don't know have been harping on this all week, but I just love when facts back it up. I think you've had a big enough sample size now to say, is he one of the top five quarterbacks in college football right now? Right. Yeah. I mean, I think so.
1: How can you how can you argue against it?
0: I, I, and I think the I think the argument against it is the Trent Dilfer argument, where it's like, dude, you just you just throw whatever quarterback out there with that defense and you're gonna win the game. That's not what we're talking about winning the game. We're talking about execution on offense, exactly, with a really banged up offense for a majority of the year. They're finally getting back to relative health. Like you, you're not. I don't think you're gonna see Eric Gilbert this year. George Pickens apparently is repping with the ones a little bit, but just. In that surprised shorts, me, kind of. Just in of, yeah. shorts. And it hasn't been cleared yet, and so like there's a chance you could see him this season. There's a chance you couldn't. There's really no timetable, but he is out there practicing. But still, you haven't seen Dominic Blaylock yet for this team. Just been a banged-up team all year. You've lost to Arian Smith. Dude's averaging over 200 yards a game. Yeah. And this is, again, I think a lot of people look at this and say, that's not a ton of yardage. I think he's, yeah, he's at 1,858 total yards for the season. He hasn't had to play in the second half a lot. He hasn't had to do a lot of
1: things that that some of those other quarterbacks have, have had to, right? And he's also not really in the system that that those other guys have been in. I don't think so. Like right. th- those yards per play to me is even more impressive with the kind of system that that Georgia is running and, and with the kind of talent they have at running back and and you know some of the games like like Arkansas that he wasn't really asked to do anything. He didn't really need to, and they dominated that game. He's still having the, those yards per uh, yards per play and and everything like that uh, up and and being insanely impressive. Um I, I think my argument against quarterbacks like that in the past, like uh, again with with Mac Jones, right, last year, uh we would talk around the office and I'd be like, man, he's throwing a wide open guys. Because his, his wide receivers are just that that impressive. And he he of course hist- historically and made some pretty good throws. I'm not saying some he's a bad quarterback throws. Matt Jones dropped but some dimes, man. he did, Come but on. like i I'm, but I would say that There's a lot of people that talk about the ceiling of of JT Daniels as opposed to Stetson Bennett and all that stuff and talk about, you know, have there been a few series this year, maybe a quarter or so this year? Uh, You look at the opening quarter against Florida, which both teams got a bye week to prepare for each other. I felt like that was probably going to be an uh, offensive struggle for the first little bit. Stetson did
0: not have a good game against Florida.
1: It, It was not great. So there have been times like that, sure, but there have been also other times where he is dropping absolute dimes that people need to give him credit for. Like,
0: yeah, I, think uh, about, I think about James Cook in the Tennessee game. I yeah. think about Arian Smith. Uh, which game was that? Was that Missouri? Yeah, it was against Missouri in the, first, yeah. in the first quarter when they hadn't scored yet in the first quarter. And then he threw that one on fourth down over the top. I mean, dude, he's, he's thrown some absolute ropes. Mm-hmm. And he's got the highest completion percent, not completion percent, highest yards mm-hmm. per attempt of passes over 20 plus yards in the country.
1: Yeah.
0: It's wild. It, th- well, it's just because college football's changed. Yeah. It's, you see quarterbacks throwing for 400 yards in a game, but a yeah. lot of the balls are 5, 10 yards down the field mm-hmm. to crossing routes and the wide receiver. receiver yeah, you get that yeah. yak Ohio going State. on, right? Well, I mean, CJ Stroud, he could can, he can throw some bonds, but you want to talk about a, a guy throw to wide open receivers where there's nobody within 20 yards of them. It's just, it's always it's that same Ohio State play where they run a play action, everybody's looking at the right and then the quarterback just loads back up and throws to the left towards the sideline. Yeah. There's a wide receiver that had come all the way across the field because there's no such thing as pressure apparently against Ohio State and it's just a walk-in touchdown.
1: Well, he just has two and you talk about that's kind of the argument I had against Mac Jones. I have the same you have Chris Olave and Garrett Wilson. They're a wide receiver. And, and the one time this year, uh, the, the two games this year where I believe Wilson was out, one of those was against Penn State, and he struggled mightily in that game because he didn't – one guy was covered up, and you didn't have the other guy to, to be wide open, well, and he struggled mightily in that game because those wide receivers weren't, weren't doing their thing.
0: What's funny is that you, you mentioned uh, Chris Olave and Wilson. They're not even his best receiver this year. Nah, Jackson not. Smith and yeah, has been yeah, yeah, the, the, the best slot, receiver. Yeah. Like it's, They have three like elite wide receivers, three elite running backs, and C.J. Stroud. I think, if we don't have this conversation, we can. Outside of Alabama, that's the team that should scare you if you're a Georgia fan. That's the team you don't want to match up with, I think, in the playoffs. I don't know. Because I to, think they have the firepower.
1: I think it's there. Like I, I, I have heard a lot of people say this, and... Even when, like, they, they were especially going through their run where they were playing like Rutgers and putting up 60 points per game. And with the talent they have, I agree with. With uh, Travion Henderson is, is an elite, amazing back. Really solid offensive line. Those wide receivers are great. I do think um, his name's slipping my mind right now, sorry. Uh, I think the slot receiver that that you mentioned is Jackson
2: Smith and Igbo, Yeah,
1: he's kind of benefiting off of the coverage that that Wilson and. But are you're you going calling to, him a compiler? You're, you're going to it. Well, I've,
2: nah, I think I think Ohio State that offense, I think is elite. I just feel like Stroud and. and I think Stroud is Olave the weakest link on Wilson. that on yeah. that offense. Yeah. I think so Stroud if he has a bad game, you away from being like. Yeah. Him really? and, I could see him and Bryce Young matching up next year in national championship. I could see absolutely. That. I could possibly yeah. see that. But this year, I could see it this year. I, no, I who's gonna beat them? Me personally, I don't Who, think. Ohio who's, keepin', State, who's,
0: who's keeping Ohio State out of the college football playoff?
2: Oh, oh, I thought I was talking about national championship. Okay, who's gonna beat them? Who's gonna beat Ohio State? Yeah, Georgia.
0: So you're saying Georgia would play? You're saying Ohio State would be a four seed and Georgia would be a one seed?
1: I would take Georgia in that matchup, and and I don't know if
0: Ohio State.
2: <laughs> They They have. A and lot if it of stays right. how it is,
1: let's say Alabama loses to Georgia in the in the SEC championship game. Somehow they, they have them fall all the way down to five after one after that loss Georgia? to Georgia, right? No, 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 no. Oh, Alabama. Alabama okay. Then you have Oregon and Ohio State matching up again. Guess what? Oregon's already beat them. Yeah. And you go Ohio back. State's no, 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 no. Yeah.
0: You go back and Ohio watch State's that game. They controlled that no, game. I'm, I'm not. I'm not did, disagreeing not with you. Oregon I'm not disagreeing that, that they control that game. They missed a lot of guys too. I'm not disagreeing that they control that game. And and Joe Moorhead called an excellent football game. Right, for sure. Former, like back when Penn State had a cool offense, like, uh, and, like no, that has nothing to. Yeah, I'm just saying. <laughs> but, like now he's at, Now he's at Oregon former Mississippi State head coach. He called a great game, but it was also what Shroud's second start in the in yeah, his sure. college football career. Well, Oregon was missing a, five um, defensive players. Though. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Thibodeau would be back, and I think that would make a difference. But I, oh, I think I, you that. play that game right now. I got Ohio State by ten. That's that's true. That's I fine. I think a lot of people do, but. Uh, I don't know. We'll see. We'll see if we see it again. All right, so on the season, Bryce Young, who I would y'all agree he's the Heisman trophy favorite?
2: Absolutely. Right, By like default,
0: yeah. Yeah, yeah. Right now he has three thousand twenty five <laughs> yards, thirty three touchdowns, three interceptions. Elite, really good, right? CJ Stroud, three thousand thirty six yards, thirty touchdowns, five interceptions.
2: Yep. Cream of the crop. Cream of the crop. I just don't know. It's it's the same to be said with Bryce Young. What's amazing
0: is both of those guys like we're in this modern era of college football where you need dual threat quarterbacks. Stroud has four rushing yards. Bryce Young yeah, has like twenty five. S- yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Are now, in we in that era, or has that always been the area? If you can protect your quarterback and you have awesome wide receivers, we know yeah. Bryce that's Young the best can move. move but <laughs> most, most of the
2: time, those guys, <laughs> like you said, they're in the pocket. We know those guys yeah. can yeah. move. They're in the pocket. They're, but they're, they're the slick, and they, yeah. they
0: they move to throw. Mm-hmm. Right? They're not. They're not. And. I, Don't yell at me. I'm talking to people in the cars, too. (laughs) I'll say that's one of the biggest reasons why we saw Stetson Bennett in there as long as he has been. And now, obviously, it's his team. But one of the biggest reasons is Georgia's, especially the interior offensive line, has kind of struggled against some pass rush. And Stetson Bennett has been able to elude some things where JT Daniels would look like he had concrete blocks tied to his feet and would have absolutely eaten a sack. I would be really curious to go back and look at Georgia's Drive charts this year and just see how many times they've been in second and ten plus. Yeah,
2: we had Stetson Bennett last game. I think uh, what that thirteen yard scamper he had to get yeah. the first down that was crucial in that game. Yeah, no, uh, yeah. I, I was, up, I was on third down. Do that. And then it's there was like unspoken
0: the
1: unspoken part about this game that he's he's really good with. Yeah,
0: he, and he's not like he, there's a couple where it's just like if you're the linebacker that he shook, you're like how in the hell did that happen? Because it looks like he jukes you in slow motion, <laughs> yeah. but. It's it's just enough to avoid the catastrophic. Yeah. And every now and then it's enough to, if it opens up for him, pick up a chunk play. And I say chunk for him is like 10 to 15 yards. Right? Absolutely, for he's sure. Not, he's not going to stretch out and just outrun a defense.
1: He is deceptively athletic, though. Like, I, I mean, he's, he's pretty quick. Um, he's, he's pretty elusive. quick for his body. He's elusive. Yeah, and I'll, and I'll say he's also intelligent with how he runs. Like, he knows where the first down marker is. He knows when to get he's out played of bounds so when much he football. needs to. yeah,
0: yeah. And there's a distinct possibility, and there's uh, a good article by Chip Towers and AJC about this. There's a distinct possibility he's going to walk as a senior with, like, 30 other players for Georgia, but him and, like, 17 other dudes can come back next year. Yeah, and why not? I mean, if you got that, if you got that draft grade, you're probably going. Like a Jordan Davis could come back, and some other guys could. Devontae right, White could yeah. come back, but they're not going to because they're going to get drafted. But there's a distinct possibility you see sixth-year Stetson Bennett next year, which, uh, I mean, very Will Cheney said this on Twitter, very relatable, because yeah. you know I was on that six year college track. Right. Appreciate right. that, season, even though I think he's already graduating. So. Yeah. He's walking. But, yeah, you know, most relatable college quarterback ever, that old six year college plan. So, I mean, there there's a distinct chance, Cam, that, and I know we don't have to talk about this until after the season because I know there's so many things we can focus on. But just keep this in the back of your mind. There's a chance that Georgia's quarterback room going into the offseason looks like <laughs> six year Stetson Bennett, which, if you accomplish everything you want to accomplish this season, put that in his record book. JT Daniels, Carson Beck, former four-star from Jacksonville, Brock Vandegrift, five-star from Prince Avenue Christian and Gunnar Stockton, four-star, five-star in some people's books coming out of Rayburn County. So you have a freshman in, in, uh, Gunnar Stockton. You'd have, I guess a red shirt freshman in Brock Vandegrift. Carson Beck, which I guess he would be a junior, a sophomore. I, the COVID year throws me off. Sophomore. Be yeah. Sophomore. JT very Daniels, so. I think he's going to be a junior technically next year. Yeah. And st- six-year senior <laughs> Stetson Bennett.
2: Somebody's trying. Somebody? Two. I mean, that's a, somebody? A, that's a very – Somebody? Three.
0: Yeah. That's a yeah. huge I yeah. quarterback
1: room for college football, yeah.
0: That's F. Stetson decides he wants to come back, which he's not going to get an NFL grade. Why wouldn't he come back?
2: What if he gets, like, maybe fifth, sixth round, seventh round Stetson
0: Stetson is not going to be drafted. Yeah. Like yeah. I, I can just, I can. Even if they like start
1: it. picking up the hype right now, it's. I don't think it's going to be. Yeah. High enough. Like, I don't think the hype train hasn't really started yet in that realm. And you, you for the NFL I draft just, in the NFL, you really to. need that too.
0: It's not going to. Yeah. It's just it's the same reason there's half the Georgia fan base out there is still clamoring for J T Daniels. It's, it's he's not going to be drafted. He's he's it's
1: not the prototype.
0: He's smaller than Kurt Warner. And he doesn't have Kurt Warner's arm, right? And I'm not taking anything away from no, Stetson. No, not at all. But he's he's not going to be drafted. Like, there's no chance Stetson's like, hey, I know I got another year here at Georgia, but I'm gonna go see what I can do in the NFL. Yeah, like that's not why he wouldn't come back, right? And maybe he's just sick of being in college, which I I could I could <laughs> yeah. I could I, even though I don't know if you ever get sick of being the starting quarterback at Georgia, uh, right? And the perks that come with that, but. uh I, yeah, different college experience for me versus the starting quarterback of Georgia. So, go, I, guess, I don't know. I, I guess i go, not going go to not uh, try to compare and contrast those. He just needs
1: to go talk to, like, who was that? uh Case Keenum? I know that was a Houston, but he was there for like 19 years, wasn't it? That's he? true. I so, think I he's mean, still there. Yeah. And he's he's been able to work it out in the NFL, but I'm sure he'd take another year in, again, in college Case,
0: in a heartbeat. Case Keenum. Let's look it up. Case Keenum's <laughs> nice.
1: He was, He's man. Nice. He, was, he was wild at Houston. He, he
2: was, was one of those. Nice. He's like 5,000 yards. Case a year. Kingdom's
0: listed at 6'2, 215 pounds. pounds. Yeah, Case yeah.
2: Kingdom was nice at Houston. And
0: too. I know, listen, Stetson Bennett, I know he is listed at 5'11. I am the barometer for six feet tall because I'm literally exactly six feet tall. <laughs> yeah. My guy. I've seen him next to BJ Bennett. Yeah. BJ and yeah. E yeah, were close yeah, to six yeah, feet BJ tall. Told me. Yeah. BJ and E were close to six feet tall. Like Stetson. 5'11. Yeah.
1: Five <laughs> eleven? Whoever wrote that down for you? I man. It no, oh, you
0: always got to look. When you look into, uh, when you look in the the depth chart <laughs> or the, the official program, just take an inch and fifteen pounds off of everybody. Yeah, and that that's the real thing. True. Okay. And sometimes it goes the other way, like especially when you have big old defensive tackles. Sometimes it goes the other way where they're actually right. pushing like 360 and they have them down at 340 just to try to slim them up a little bit. So sometimes it goes the other way. We're way over here. We've got to take a quick break. We'll come back more. talk some more college football next right here on 2nd Down. 2nd Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source Cam. i got something here for you from the Big 12. We're navigating from the Big Ten to the SEC over to the Big 12, but this one, a little bit different story. Uh, the Big 12 on Wednesday issued a public reprimand of the Texas Tech football radio announcers. Did you guys see this? Oh, my. No. For their call of Saturday's win over Iowa State, they won it 41-38. to 38. Play-by-play host Brian Jensen and analyst John Harris were, uh, we'll just say, cr- critical of the officiating in the conference. During this game, there were multiple calls in the game, and a majority of them were going against Texas Tech. And so I have some of the quotes here from the guys. And this is Harris. He says, I'll say it right now. Again, this is this is the home radio broadcast for <laughs> Texas Tech, which I love everything they say in this. He says, I'll say it right now. The Big 12 does not want Iowa State to lose this game. Okay. <laughs> which is just, it's Homer radio. Like yeah. You're listening to the home radio broadcast it's it, they use words like we and stuff like that right Yeah. said, say it right now the big 12 does not want iowa state to lose this game jensen follows that up with yeah bob bowlsby you need an answer to this this is ridiculous the inconsistency of this referee crew in favor of iowa state unbelievable <laughs> and that was prior to the review of an interception which they overturned the interception and gave the ball back to uh iowa state I, I never support this, but the fans from Texas Tech were throwing trash on the field
2: no nah, i don't I don't support right. that.
0: but <laughs> still I, i'm I'm loving what I'm getting from my my home radio team here. They say the big twelve should be embarrassed. the big twelve should be embarrassed with this group. We've only pointed out two guys. I'm gonna read them all to you.
1: oh my he okay. put me,
0: which to be fair, it is a public thing like you could you can find out who the names of the officiated officials and all the officiating crews right? right? It's not like a state secret who the officials are at these games. So they go on and they read off all the names. You can hear the audio online. It's to me, it's, it sounds like a home radio broadcast. Yeah. But because Texas tech is a member of the big 12 and because people are soft, <laughs> the big 12 and Bob Bowlesby, because he got all up in his feels that a home radio station was calling him in the conference out, of course, he did. uh, gave them a public reprimand. And so now, they will be suspended for their next game, their home game, against Oklahoma State. Which, you know what? If I'm suspended from that game in a work capacity, you better believe my behind is going to be there in the stands. Oh, yeah. it just, like, yeah. just as a hero. Oh, yeah. Just like, Absolutely. Just a conquering hero walking in there. <laughs> they Best should part... have
1: him as the honorary captains.
0: Best part about that, though, is ball don't lie, because this is the same game in which the kicker hit a 62-yard walk-off field goal yeah. to win the game. Okay. That's takes one that one forty one to thirty eight. The official Texas Tech football account at Texas Tech FB. This final score can't be overturned. <laughs> I mean That's good. All right. That's so good. we talked about the fans now. throwing trash on the field. We yeah. have seen this before. This year, uh Ole Miss Tennessee, where they threw trash on the field after they said Matt Corral's like forward progress had carried him out of the end zone versus it being a safety or a touchdown to the ball come loose on the play. Either way, they basically said his forward momentum had carried him out. Uh, we saw it in the infield fly rule mm-hmm. many years back when the uh, Cardinals were at Turner Field in that single-elimination playoff game. I think David Ross hit a home run in that game. That's just a random thought. Uh, <laughs> and so we, we, it's, the, it's the frustration with the officials. But my question to you is yeah. this. What – if any, because we saw it earlier in the year with uh, the Bears where the official kind of like hip-checked the linebacker yeah, and good. then threw, yeah. the, threw the personal foul, and then the, uh, the league came out and said, yeah, no, we reviewed that, and that was, it was the, absolutely the right call to make. Like, at what point do leagues and conferences just need to have some sort of punishment system for bad officiating?
2: Oh, man, I thought you was gonna ask uh, ask us of like what moment have we got mad? Cause I could give you a, a great well, there's one. There's plenty. Yeah. Well, hit me. <laughs> uh, remember a few years ago, uh, the number
0: one is Tyler Simmons was offsides, but
2: Falcons, uh, Seahawks, they're in Seattle. They throw the ball to Julio Jones, and literally Earl Thomas and Richard Sherman are grabbing Julio. It's a (laughs) clear-cut pass interference.
0: Julio Jones the NFL is like LeBron in the NBA where he's so physical and so big that the things that people do slash did to him would be called on everyone else. Like, you can call a foul every time LeBron goes to the hole Mm -hmm. because he's so fast and he's so strong that people reach out, slap him on the arms, and he just flows through it like water.
2: Fun yeah. fact, that was the only game they ever lost to Legion of Boom. Played five times. They yeah. only lost one time. That's a good fact. Yeah, I was upset. I But, was yeah, upset.
0: yeah, Julio very much like little LeBron where it's just like he's so big and physical that DBs would just be, like, draped all over him, grabbing his jersey, hitting his arm. No flag. But, oh. I mean, like, how far does <laughs> it need to go? Because it's just with the era of social media and the way Internet has made content so easy for us to get to, it's not just like – You'll go past the bad call and it's just it's gone forever like, mm-hmm. no I mean that as soon as you make that terrible call, it is on social media and it's there forever yeah like like what can conferences do because I think there has to be some sort of punishment system in place I mean we've seen in the GHSA the GHSA literally had to and if you're listening to this and you're an official, I'm not calling you out, especially officials for like high school and middle school sports yeah, but anyone doing a job is not above repercussions for not performing their duties correctly. Exactly. Right? And so we saw yep. the GHSA this year in the football playoffs. They had to play 6A and they had to play single A, single a yeah. private and public on Saturday versus Friday because not enough officials qualified to work in the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Like they had to pass a test with over a certain percentage and not enough of them did. And So they had to move two classifications to Saturday for a round mm-hmm. so they'd have enough officials to go around with a lot of them pulling double duty. I mean, is it... Officials having to answer questions after games, I think that would be outstanding. But I mean, I th- I think there has to be some sort of scorecard, like I showed you the umpire scorecard yeah. at that Twitter account. I think there has to be some sort of percentage scorecard grade that if you don't maintain that, you don't work. Yeah, Where you get period. like you get moved yeah. to a different spot. You get demoted.
1: Yeah, no, I think there's a, n- a number of different things. I-, I mean, it's a number of different things that we see in sports. Like like you said, you get demoted in some way. You get you know, and when it starts to affect major, like have major effects on games, that again, that's that's kind of where I draw the line and where the problem is. And like, I get the whole human error thing. Mississippi right? but, like,
0: State is a three-loss team right now. Yeah, they should be a two-loss team. Four, yeah. They should be a two-loss team because literally that Memphis game was stolen from them by a, 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 abysmal officiating.
1: Right. Um, yeah. Like
0: where a guy's knee was clearly down.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And, I mean, I'm sure you can go back and see, see a number of those throughout the year. I mean, I can only imagine how angry I would be and how much I would be throwing things around still if, if Auburn ended up winning that game against Penn State with all the embarrassing things that, yeah. that the, the crew called in that one. So I think there have been a number of those. But, yeah, I, I think it's, it's demoting them in some way. It's if you get a certain number of these calls wrong, especially if they affect the, the end result of games, like they're directly affected to the end result of a game. You either don't work the next week, like you get suspended yeah. for a certain amount of time, or, of course, yeah. you, you just lose your job at the end of the day. I like what he I mean, said.
2: I like what he said when um, he said um, officials should be like exactly what pay- players do, like it, get interviewed after games, ask questions because, I mean, if players have to do it each and every game, why can't officials do it? Have the same type of pressure. And yeah. things well, I,
0: think I don't love the autonomy that officials no, have where it's just like, I made these calls, game's over, we're out of here.
1: I think that's, like, the baseline, though. Like, I think that should happen no matter what, not just if they make a bad call. Like, I think that should happen after every game. Hmm. Like, make them available.
0: Yeah. Just in case. Literally, and I'll I'll say this, the crew that worked that Memphis-Mississippi State game, at least, like, maybe the white hat, shouldn't have worked again. Because that was so blatantly terrible. Yeah. And in all honesty, that game probably cost Mississippi State hundreds of thousands of dollars because when you talk about the payouts from certain bowl games that they're going to get right or i mean fighting for their chance yeah i mean really for them it comes down to bowl games and bowl placement and like that could potentially cost them in the six figures when it comes to what bowl game they get to go to and how much money that's going to pay them out Mm -hmm. because you couldn't see that a dude's knee was down
1: (laughs) right like
0: clear as day and i'll also say this to maybe try to lighten the mood a little bit I, I do think and I've I've said they should have done this for a long time. I think officials this year are just like listening to the game like the game call, like the broadcast call, and whatever the guys in the announcer booths are like, Oh yeah, look, the ball's clearly out right there. They're like, yeah, yeah, ball is out.
1: Yeah. Or if right? they're
0: just like waiting, waiting, waiting. They're like, okay, ESPN's doing their seventeen different angles. Two feet two, they were down. Like, oh yeah, he was he was inbounds and called it. Like I, I haven't really seen them disagree. Or get yeah, the review wrong too much this year. I think I, mean, I think that's what you should do. Is if like the three guys in the booth are watching the game, they're like, oh yeah, it's clearly this. You're like, all right, let's not go against that. This is a, <laughs> the public, yeah, and, yeah that's the at large. Like, let's just let's just call that. Yeah, I don't know, maybe I'm the only weird person who's noticed that. No, I don't know that. Now, that next is, time, that next is time, you're watching true. a college yeah. football game and they go to review, listen to what the play by plays guys say, and then watch what they call. And it's almost like instantly after right, right? They say it especially they, come out of their, they come out of their little when, yeah. their little head tent, what whatever you call that thing because it's like the camera and they have like a head tent around them, yeah, and then they come out of that and they're like, yeah, whatever those guys just said, whatever Herb Street just said, that's what that's what I call it because well, they love
1: like they they love also going to the inconclusive has to be like you know without a shadow of a doubt they they love going into that every single time there's a review, yep. and I, I feel like especially for those. Where the broadcaster is like, yeah, see, I just, you see it from this angle, but, but not this one. I just don't think there's enough
0: there. He's like, all right, got it. Good got to go. Cool. Like, yep. th- There's my out. So, like, that, so that would be stands. Because you have yeah. video evidence confirms, which means we think we got it right, but then we saw it we know we got it right. Yeah. You have overturned, which we see we got it wrong. And then you have stands, which just means we don't know. Yeah, we're, we're, we'll we're not sure. what we called.
2: You know what game I would have loved to hear, like, the official's. Like explain their reasoning. Um, remember the Saints and the Rams. Oh my God! That goodness. bad call. Yeah. I would have loved to hear like what yeah, the officials but that had literally to say, changed like,
0: the sport because yeah. now pass interference is a challengeable play. I would have mm-hmm. loved to
2: hear that. Like what was going through your mind when you were officiating? Like I still kind of like. like if they honest, got ripped. Like, I
0: was I was just, I kind of got like distracted for a second. They would have got ripped. Like, like if it. they had
2: to interview, I don't know how they would have got a New well, Orleans. I mean, like, but I, there
0: are like there are guys, and I God, I wish I could remember his name. Um, but. Was it Andres Galarraga, who trying to remember the name of the Detroit Tigers pitcher who was eight and two thirds innings through a perfect game? I think it was. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And uh, and it was a bang bang play at first base, Mm -hmm. and they called him. They called the guy safe, and he was out by a step. And this was prior to replay in MLB, and so. Dude had to eat the fact that he was eight and two-thirds innings through a perfect game, and the first-base umpire missed it. And dude, like, to his credit, yeah, went out in, like, tears. I think it was the next day. Like, went out in tears in front of the press and said, I stole a perfect game from that kid. Yeah. Well, I think if you go back and, and, so and you, if you, and you just look ad, at it. If you just admit it, yeah. like, I screwed up. Like, you see
1: Galaraga look at him, too, and I'm pretty sure, like, a good 25, 30 seconds after it, you kind of see him, like... That was the wrong call. Like the, the, like the ump, uh, the first base yeah. ump's like, yeah, that, that, was, that was wrong. Like, that was wrong. But he couldn't go back and
0: change it.
2: Armando Galarraga. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Close plays like that, sometimes I don't mind. But things that are just super obvious, it's like, okay, come on, dude. Yeah. Like, you got to make that call if it's super obvious. Like the Rams and Saints, That I could have made that. Jim Joyce. Yep,
0: got the mustache. Oh, dude! you see that man cry. <laughs> yeah. When you saw As that well. man cry, well. it looked like you, you John Wayne. Bad. It looked like John Wayne crying. Yeah, and you were just like, yeah. I mean, <laughs> I forgive you. It's true. No, no, we all forgive you. It's okay. Just stop.
1: Just, just please stop crying. You're gonna make us all cry.
0: Also, I don't understand like why at that point, like, and this is gonna make some furious mad. I don't understand why that at that point, you you can't retroactively go back and say the game was over at that point. Out, oh, perfect game. Yeah like we all know he threw a perfect game, he did, but it will never be included in the record books
1: nope and or even if
0: you don't want to change it, the the overarching like the result of the game, just go back in his records and say he had a perfect game yeah I, I don't understand that
1: in in some way form or fashion, credit him with it, not just the perfect game that wasn't a perfect game like because that's going to be forgotten about at some point yeah. like like people are going to forget about that but Having it in the record books, having it in the stat books. That's that's not going to be. It's true.
0: We gotta take a break. We're gonna come back. Falcons, Patriots tonight. Not many Falcons left over from 2016. It's be a long night. It's be not a long many Falcons night. left over from 2016, <laughs> but there are a couple that I think would like a morsel of revenge. Second down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Two different locations in Savannah to take care of all of your uniform needs. We got some Thursday night football. You have the New England Patriots coming in at 6-4. and four. Guys, you can talk about stats. Undefeated on the road this year, your Atlanta Falcons and mine winless in Mercedes Benz Stadium <laughs> this year.
1: Not an important I mean, note I, too. In Mercedes Benz Stadium.
0: Yeah, they they got I guess technically a home win over where <laughs> were they in Wembley Stadium when <laughs> yeah. they when they won the one against the Jets. Right. I guess. Uh coming in, Falcons averaging nineteen point eight points per game. The Patriots averaging twenty-seven and a half. Patriots giving up just seventeen point seven points per game while the Falcons are being outscored by almost ten, giving up twenty-nine Point two yards per play. Obviously, those stats very skewed by last week's results. I think the worst loss in Falcons history, uh forty three to three against the Dallas Cowboys. You just got look, Arthur Smith said it. It only counts as one loss. It felt like five. Only counts as one. Gotta flush it. Cam, is there any way the Atlanta Falcons win tonight?
2: No no you say zero chance like that quick i love what arthur smith's been doing you know i like arthur smith i think he's doing well
0: you said love and then you downgraded to like within <laughs> one well, sentence well, he's doing a hell <laughs> it's of a not job trending in the right direction i think he's doing a hell There's of a the job dad, they the had the
2: dad praise hell of a job yes i mean they had four wins last year you're nine games in you got you four really wins now the day, kid. but yeah i will say I, I don't you, Chief? i don't think they have a chance i don't i think that patriots defense is like really really good this year i I just don't. I don't know who's going to get open. I don't even know our receivers anymore at this point, other than Pitts, and uh, I haven't really heard much from Gage this year and Matt Jones, and they're running the ball like the Patriots are the best rushing attack in the league, and we don't, we've never been able to stop the run. So, I just think it might get ugly tonight. Maybe a two touchdown game from the, um, two touchdown win from the Patriots.
0: DJ Patriots six and a half point favorites on the road. Do you think they cover that?
1: Uh, I actually think it's going to be closer than that. Uh, I I don't know. I think kind of a, a correction game from the Falcons, maybe. And maybe this is me well, what what with what you were talking about yesterday, kind of believing a little bit too much with, with their wins and whatnot. But I don't know. I, I think this might be one of those wild Thursday night games where you're like, okay, well, if you look at the matchups, you look at the stats, all that stuff, the Patriots should probably win going away. But then you look up in the third quarter and it's a one-possession game and you're like, wait a minute, can the, can the Falcons pull this off? So, uh, I don't know. For, for some reason, I kind of believe in that. Maybe A.J. AJ Terrell could show up and yeah. have a big night against Mac Jones to slow that, that attack, that passing attack down a little bit. But, I mean, yeah, I think the, the, the matchup with – I know how good Mac Jones is and that running attack with the, with the Patriots can be. The matchup to watch is obviously the Falcons' offense trying to get back on track against a pretty tough defense there with the Patriots. But, hey, I don't know. Maybe, like, they had, they, they struggled last week, had only those three points, saving it all for, for Thursday night.
0: Here's my one concern with this is Cordero Patterson is questionable and seems doubtful that he's going to play, quote, a game-time decision. But he's been your best player this year. Yep. And – Without him, I think it's going to be tight. And then I think the offense, the Patriots play, kind of what Cam was saying with the way they're able to run the football and then hit play action off of that, not very conducive to this pretty okay Falcons defense. Again, as much as we want to credit them for playing some tough games, they're also giving them almost 30 points a game. It's not a good defense, and it's not a good offense. Without all all that being said, though, short week at home, playing a rookie quarterback – a rookie quarterback who's been really good. But playing a rookie quarterback, you have Matt Ryan. I think he's preparing extra hard for this game, too. Not that he doesn't prepare for every game, but, like, it's the Patriots. Tom Brady obviously isn't taking snaps for them anymore, but it's the Patriots. And I think Matt Ryan has a monkey he wants to get off his back, which is beating the
2: Patriots. He's never done it. no, Nor, nor the Steelers. I don't think he's ever beaten the Steelers So either. it's just he. Hey,
0: there I, we go. Yeah, keep think, it that way. I think Matt um, Ryan locked in. I think the Falcons win tonight. Yeah, what? Okay. I, like I think it. the Falcons I win like tonight. It. I think Matt Ryan plays his butt off. I think they come out slinging the rock around. They're not even going to try to pretend to run it, especially if Cordero Patterson's not in there. No, and man. yeah, I, I I think the Falcons win tonight. You have two kind of streaks that you wouldn't think would carry on for much longer, which is undefeated on the road versus winless in your own stadium. Mm-hmm. Rookie quarterback on a short week. AJ Terrell's like if there's one bright spot on the defense, it's been AJ Terrell.
2: Yeah.
1: You mentioned that, that defense being pretty okay and, and the, the points per game being really high. You got to mention, too, that like, through a couple of those games, of course, you had the, the terrible game against Dallas. That's going to spike that points per game up quite a bit. And then you also have the Tampa Bay game, which, of course, didn't help the defense either, but was it really the defense? I mean, uh, Matt, Matt, uh, Matty Ice Matt gave up with 21 points. Two or three, yeah, yeah. I mean, you,
0: gave, you gave up 28
2: points to Miami.
1: That's bad. Yeah, of course, that's bad. <laughs> But against That's Tampa,
2: Matt gave Tampa twenty-one points. Exactly, I will a, admit so that. I mean
1: that drives it up a little bit. Yeah. So maybe this I'd defense a little Matt bit gave
2: better it to than him.
0: people. I say think. some tip balls off a of receiver's hands gave it to him. Yeah, a but they it wasn't a defense. Either way, the, the, the you offense gave up 32 did thirty-two to the Eagles. Oh lord!
1: That's not good. That was also first game of the season, though,
0: right? That I mean, offense How many was qualifiers really bad. We're gonna give this defense. Well, but the offense game. was really Listen. bad. Though. Listen, if you take away, yeah, they you take were away bad. This game, this game, this hey, game, and this game. Hey, you, Not a bad defense. You tried to do it to Ohio State I think, earlier. I can do it to to. I did not no such thing. You, I you think it's the, the number 20. You said, I, say hey, man, cool anyway. I say they're a different team
2: now. <laughs> We're below average. We're not terrible. No, We're no, below average.
0: Cam, the Falcons' defense sucks. <laughs> it's
2: one of the worst defenses <laughs> no, in he said league. they're going to win. I'm trying to spread some positivity now.
0: I still think they're going to win. They're still
2: NFL players, but the Falcons' yeah, defense is it's, terrible. It's terrible. The roster is terrible. Let's go back not to pretty okay. Let's, entire, let's go back to pretty okay. No,
0: it's not pretty okay. It's The whole roster is bad. Yeah, the
2: roster is horrible. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. No, the roster for sure. The defense is okay. No, it's not okay. It's all right. It's not.
0: In what way is it all right? A.J.
1: Terrell is all right. That's not the defense. <laughs> <laughs> right now it is.
2: He definitely is, though. Right? <laughs> and he's a corner.
0: Right now he is.
2: Just throw to the other side, A.J., we're good. What the
0: hell are you guys talking about?
2: Go to the other side. Grady Jarrett, I, I haven't talking heard. about needing to go to I mean, to but he's getting doubled, but, man.
0: We're hell we're getting man. over here. You
2: yeah. okay? No. I just, all right, let's,
0: let's, let's go to break. We'll come back. <laughs> I have to kind of absorb what you guys were talking about. We'll be right back after this. Second Down on ESPN Radio is presented to you by the Uniform Source. Give you a quick update as to what we were discussing in there. Is it a offensive if we have somebody on and we have thirty seconds here and we're interviewing them and you call them by their first name, hmm. i.e., say so you have old Steve Johnson on, who's the head coach at Western Montana State, and you say Steve, and you guys is like, is that is that offensive?
2: Depending on how tight you are.
0: No, I don't think it's offensive at all. It's a, I, I'm having a conversation with another grown person. <laughs> I will call them by their first name. I don't know. I, think I only, normally say coach, but I think, I think the only thing – well, no, I'm saying it's not offensive if you it's do it not the other extra, way. No. Right, it's okay oh. to do either or, but it's not offensive if you do it the one way. Think that's, that's the conversation. Maybe we'll carry it over into three and out. Three and out coming up next, BJ Bennett, Ben Troop, Kevin Thomas. If you miss any portion of our show, check us out on Spotify, ESPNCoastal.com, or SoundCloud.